0: Your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS
1: EFM. So IS-linked attacks continue to make headlines, the latest being in Indonesia and Turkey. In fact, Istanbul previously saw a suicide attack involving a A woman, that was last year, and today we wanted to look at how this brand of Islamic extremism is far from being a solely male movement. Increasingly, we hear of the involvement of women from Paris to San Bernardino in the United States. And uh, while we looked at IS brides before, this is a bit different. This is uh, a case of female fighters in many cases, women actually taking the lead, if you like, in an organization that is sometimes viewed as misogynistic, other times as downright abusive of women. Ms. Rafia Zakaria, author of The Upstairs Wife, An Intimate History of Pakistan, is also an attorney and human rights activist and joins us on the line. Good morning from Seoul. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Yeah, good morning to you. Um, We're not too bad here in Korea, but very saddened by international developments, I think, in the last 24 hours, uh, especially switching on the news yesterday with everything that was going on in Indonesia. And, you know, obviously men involved, women involved it shouldn't be a great surprise in this era of gender equality, but frankly, IS is not to the sort of group that you would put forward as being a, a proponent of that kind of philosophy, would you? I mean, it, what's the appeal here for women?
0: Well, the appeal, the question of what the appeal is for what sort of woman is a complicated one. I think ISIS is appealing to a wide um you know, a a wide category of women, from women in the West to women in Pakistan to women in Syria. And they have been able to create a sort of dynamic propaganda that um, manages to appeal to to all of them. And I think uh, one of, uh, you know, there's two major parts to it. One, of course, is ISIS's sort of recasting of Islamic history and Islamic doctrine. Right? And so, for instance, you just talked about gender equality. Uh, ISIS does not uh, promote or believe or make any uh, sort of claims about gender equality. Instead, they're selling what they call gender complementarity, which means that men and women operate in separate realms. Um, you know, they, they're not equal, but they complement each other. And so you see in the organization of their fighting forces, uh, the creation of separate uh, women's brigades, like the Al-Khansa Brig- Brigade, for instance. Um, and the whole idea is, is that um, Muslim women can be warriors if you follow this kind of complement- complementarity logic. Mm. Um, of course, you know, the 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 question mark there is that this is a complete reinterpretation of Islamic history. The notable point, of course, is that it's, re, it's a reinterpretation that is, um, you know, very, very very particularly directing itself to women. For instance, it says, uh, oh, women, you know, this is in one of their manifestos. It says, oh, women, you have to join the battlefield because the men have failed. And so those sorts that sort of rhetoric is very, very crucial to remember, because you have to see that the vast majority of of the women that they appeal to, um particularly in the Muslim world, but also in places where Muslims are minorities, are experiencing a context of rampant discrimination or just outright complete destruction. Okay. So that's kind of the you know the first part. I think the second part that really, you know, is is really not present in most Western analysis is the reactive part. And the reactive part is that, you know, ISIS propaganda very intentionally reacts to what it sees as the failures of, of feminism based on gender equality. So, you know, they cite, for instance, how the UN has failed to implement its gender agenda, how all these other transnational efforts to liberate women have failed. Um, And that, I think, is the part that's missing from most of the analysis.
1: Very interesting points that you make there. On a crude basis, though, is this about just trying to broaden its reach from you know from the is perspective that if it were to restrict itself to men it would obviously have less fighters to throw on the front lines than if it also accepts women and even children
0: oh you're absolutely right Uh, you know this is a way to expand their appeal and this is also a way to capitalize on contextual situations in much of the Muslim world I mean you know for instance I studied one case uh, of uh, women at a madrasa in Pakistan that has pledged allegiance to ISIS. And the fact is, is that this madrasah, uh, this madrasa religious pool, uh, it's, it's solely for women, but it accepts all women. It doesn't matter if you're divorced. It doesn't matter if you ran away from home and you're defying your father or your brother. It, it, it just doesn't matter. If you're willing to sort of pledge allegiance, they'll take you. And, in a society that is really in you know in cultures where women are really kind of pushing against traditional norms that sort of sentence them to this life of domesticity of you know being a wife and a mother, and um this promises a sort of adventure mm-hmm. and it also promises a sort of you know moral superiority and acceptance at least that's you know that's how they're framing their message, so it's very, very clever because you know you've got women who often have nowhere to go because they've defied social norms or they're divorced or they're single mothers or any other form of sort of um you know life that is not the typical you know a wife and a mother and an obedient daughter um, anybody who's not fitting into that norm is welcome and yeah. that is a very very clever recruiting move
1: ironically then IS could be seen to be offering liberation to women, which sounds, I'm sure, to some of our listeners as somehow uh, a contradiction in terms. But let's also talk about the scale of this. You, you mentioned a few women who, who might be marginalised, but um, do we have any idea of the volume of women that are, that are joining up or who may join up in the future?
0: I don't have. I mean, there's there's varying numbers as a whole, but one of the most recent cases that I was looking at was out of France. Of you know, um, a, a French Muslim woman who went there with her son. She was also a single mother, and she actually came back. And uh, based on some of the data that they got from her, they say that you know the the number was ten percent a year ago for the French Muslim women. It's thirty five percent now. I mean. You know, it's it's a it's a high percentage in terms of the rise, but yeah, I mean, the total numbers are still in the hundreds. And if you look at you know the sort of billion plus Muslims around the world, it's a minuscule minuscule uh, proportion of that of that um, you know population. But I mean, I, I wanted to sort of underscore something you said about liberation i think it's true that a lot of people balk at saying that because you know in reality of course you know they are not being liberated they're it's it's very much a cultish atmosphere in which they're going to be imprisoned but at the same time you have to look at liberation as contextually defined and you have to look at the fact that um, you know isis has taken over uh, all anti-imperialist positions politically in the Muslim world. So when you do that, people who don't agree, for instance, women who don't agree with the occupation of Iraq or Afghanistan or um, you know the bombing of even Yemen by, by an American ally, uh, feel that this is a way they can sort of express their political belief. And that, to me, is the most troubling part of isis propaganda is because the West or even other people who believe in democracy believe in liberal values have not been able to come up with a response to that Uh, they've not been able to come up for instance for a response to the fact that you know isis has this philosophy of accepting everyone while all european countries and the u.s are currently shutting their borders to refugees Mm. who are going through you know incredible um, an incredibly torturous time trying to get there. So these are the sort of comparisons that they're constantly making uh, before the Muslim world. And my frustration is that, you know, uh, that, that we are not coming up with uh, responses to that we're not coming up for an answer to the fact that why are hapless people excluded Uh, you know why is their occupation Uh, what to do about the civilian casualties uh, that are unaccounted for in all of these wars
1: Ms Zakaria there's a great warning in what you've just said there to the rest of the world we've got to leave it but thank you so much for taking the time
0: thank you so much for
1: having me on you have a good day in Seoul likewise to you uh, on your efforts now going forward Rafaya Zakaria author of the upstairs wife an attorney human rights activist but obviously we need to do something uh, and not just us here in South Korea but around the world including in predominantly Muslim countries to uh, to prevent these women from being marginalized and feeling that IS is somehow the answer to a question that would surely more naturally lead them in another direction, if common sense were to prevail. You can email us EFm this morning at gmail dot com.